like the way he's playing now, no, like yeah, it's a very easy no. I'm afraid to say no just because of the extra baggage. But if I knew nothing of Leon Bailey, but from the Everton game, the second game of the season, like it's it's such an easy yes. It's the greatest buy of all time. <laughs> And even as you were talking there, I was trying to think who would be in the conversation with maybe Bukaya Saka, De- like definitely Mo Salah. Definitely, definitely Mo Salah. Yeah. And, <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> just go for it, Liam. Just let yourself go. <laughs> let yourself say it. Lean into it, Liam. Tim Sherwood here. You're listening to the Villa Podcast. That morning sky gave me a look. So I left while you were sleeping. That's all it Twelve games to go, Liam. Twelve games <laughs> to go. We are reeling it in. And to be honest, though, I went through the motions in this match. It was delightful. I got cocky very quickly. Then I got very pissed off much more quickly. And then we got the job done. We got back into a comfortable state. Which, to be honest, when I got a text message through, let's say it was from an anonymous source that said, "I'm going to kill someone." <laughs> I would have taken that game just petering out in comfort. I did not think we would get back to that stage. So it was actually good how it worked out. But when I was trying to figure out how do I really feel about this match, delighted with three points, delighted we're a game closer. We've got two points per game on average, bang on right now. After 26 matches, we're flying. But I decided I'm not deciding how I feel about this match until I find out what is wrong with Pau Torres. Because if Pau <laughs> Torres is out again, you can forget about it. I don't care anymore. I didn't even care about that result at one stage when I was thinking if he's out, who cares? Does it matter if we win if he's gone? <laughs> yeah, and then to be fair, that was the context within which I'm sure whoever that was had sent you that I'm going to kill someone text had sent the text. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we had just gone down to our fifth and sixth choice centre halves. We had just conceded a goal from terrible defensive setup, And yeah, you can see why somebody, anybody really in the world could get uh, frustrated by that. But it was an absolutely incredible attacking display of verve, imagination, exploiting their weaknesses and covering over our own classic issues as well, our greatest hits. That I know give me fits anyway, and I suspect I'm not alone, Conan, but we can leave that alone for now because I know how I feel about that. I don't want to take away from how electric we were, how we were back there best, how we were just bossing a team that we're much better than. I mean, I would love to see the stats on chances, big chances created by this Aston Villa side compared to other teams over the years. And just, it's the type of chance as well, because we have been as effective before in the past, obviously. But, like, you know, that's from being really good at set pieces or getting the ball wide and swinging it in. The football we play is just extraordinary, playing through the lines, the patience, the killer instinct in on top of the patience. It's absolutely brilliant. Mm. Everybody's touch was on it today, especially in the first half. They were all killing the ball there. They were all turning on the ball. They were all moving Everything was working well. Those balls on the walk-ins were sticking. They had runners coming off them. Back to your best is what you said. And it was really back to that back to that football that it looked like we could score from every single attack again. I mean, we said that loads this season, which is mad to think of. But in this game as well, it looked like we were scoring every time we were going forward. <laughs> it definitely felt that way. And to start us all off, 
it was of course Ollie Watkins and I did stick my neck out Liam I gave him the captain's armband on fantasy football if anybody wants to see how we're going in the fantasy football world join us for our midweek fantasy football show which is coming back (laughs) (laughs) with the return of the Europa Conference League but it was brilliant play. It was John McGinn turning down that right-hand side. It opened it all up. And that is the difference between a lot of these Villa players, especially these Villa front six. We talked before about how teams think when they push up. And like if they tactically analyse Villa, it'll be McGinn's going to receive the ball there. So you be there when he does. But that's not your job done. Because McGinn will just turn you and he'll go any direction. And he turns and opens the whole thing up. It's a nice pass to Lee Bailey. And then let's just hold up and let him cook because this is, <laughs> this is glorious. Now, I thought I thought it was a double nutmeg. I think a lot of people did, which was just filthy in itself. But I think he's knocked the ball around and went the other way and collected it at the other side. And then the nutmeg through the legs to set up Watkins with his left foot as well. It was brilliant. And Watkins is there saying, thank you very much, sir. I've done enough work in my career to deserve one of these bad boys. Oh my lord, and that is not an exclamation, I am speaking directly about my lord, Leon Bailey, that is just, <laughs> that is just electric, you know, a lightning bolt from the god of gods, Connor. Yeah. and what more could you ask for from an attacking player, the pace, the power, the nimbleness, the composure, intelligence, quality, it's absolutely out of this world, if this was the only thing he did in this game, it would have been enough to justify his salary, the, the, the pass from again isn't brilliant, if he was playing it to a human, that is. But <laughs> fucking just feed Leon Bailey. Christ almighty. And where is Moreo going at that speed? Like, he could be skinned with a fucking butter knife diving out like that. Never mind diving out against Leon Bailey. Fuck me, son. You've done yourself <laughs> up there. Sacrificed himself to our Lord, our God, Conan. Absolutely <laughs> insane defending against a player of Leon Bailey's quality. And what quality and composure that pass to see that pass while moving at that speed with all that going around you in the box so easy just to try to pull it back he just looks up puts it through yeah. his legs onto the center forward's foot it's incredible and it is absolutely leon bailey's goal and ollie Watkins is right to draw everyone's attention to that insane stuff and leon bailey wasn't done there because if you think he's the fast tricky winger well, he can also pull back and play a bit of quarterback stuff and he drills his ball into Matt Cash at the, for a stage. Let's be honest, we were all thinking, where are you going, Matt? He just he took himself <laughs> away from the action. He started just driving down towards the byline, but he has the wherewithal to stop it, check himself and cut the ball back. And Ramsey shows some composure. We were just asking where has Ramsey's composure gone. Gets the ball. It's sort of trapped under his feet the way it's come back to him. But he doesn't panic. He's got good footwork. He's got good composure. And he waits for Dougie to come in behind him. Cuts it back to him. And Dougie whips it in to the left. Movement, composure, incision. The football is absolutely exquisite here. I mean, it's it's undefendable. You can't do anything about this. The, the pass from Bailey to Cash is lovely. And, they, and Honestly, imagine being a fullback, seeing this lad's pace and his dribbling ability, and then him pulling out this pass on top of it. On top of his assist for Wat, Watkins as well. Yeah. Like he, Your club would be fined waiting for you to emerge from the toilets at halftime if you were marking him. Fuck me, how could you possibly face that again for a second half? <laughs> and and Cash, Cash does well to drive to the byline and to dig out the pullback. 
it's a really good touch from Ramsey. The ball is under his feet when it arrives at him. It's brilliant composure in the box. There's a lot going on there. He's in front of goal. There's bodies moving anywhere. And then it's incredible vision and awareness to pick the pass out for Ollie Watkins, who sw- or for Louis- Douglas Louise, who sweeps it home like Ollie Watkins might have in that position, Cal. <laughs> and we weren't finished there. We were in the groove, and it probably shows you how your standards can drop when you're leading comfortably and you're cruising because... Corner came in, got cleared away. There was a ball dropping from the sky to Matt Cash, and I was thinking, go on then. Go on, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, somebody got in the way, and they ended up poking it right behind Cash, who had to go and retrieve it. And he does really well. Gets a really nice pass out to John McGinn on the right-hand side, and he gets it on to his right foot. And this curling cross from McGinn is lovely on his right deft i would say and it's just whipped in just into that zone but then with such accuracy where there was just a queue of villa players and it's it's actually very simple man for douglas though he's all he has to do is get it on target and he does and this was just 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 before that douglas Louise had that free kick on the left hand side this is how he won the corner he was going for the near post and longley went up and i was just thinking oh if we had Mings, if we had Mings there, that's a goal. And I was so frustrated, but we got <laughs> we got the goal anyway because Dougie went in and headed it home himself. The the corner on John McGinn's dominant foot is absolutely dreadful. And maybe that's what inspired him. They shifted on to his right foot when he got a second <laughs> chance. And that cross is absolutely brilliant. You know, sometimes Sometimes when you're on your weaker foot, there's a freedom in how restricted you are. There's only a certain amount of things you can do, so you just stick your big toe on it and whip it in. But the pass from Cash to just push it back out to McGinn is one of my favourite things that happened in this match. Like Anytime you hear me whinging about attitude or urgency, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like How many times in your life have you seen, have you seen that ball getting pushed back to the keeper in the name of playing it safe? Well, that's not playing it safe. That's like a woman putting five condoms on her fingers when she's masturbating. Like you're not, you're not being safe. You're being stupid. Like there's an opening. Put the ball in there. And that's not a euphemism. I'm not talking about the woman anymore. Like keep them under pressure. Finish the game in the first half. Finish them off. They're there for the taking. John McGinn's in 15 yards of space on the wing. Give him the ball back. He's just fucked up a corner as well. Our John's not about to make two mistakes in a row. And it's brilliant from Cash to get it out to him. Brilliant from McGinn to shift it. And like you said, there's four or five players that are waiting to head it in. It's a great goal. And the game was finished early and we did finish them off. <laughs> it was over. I mean, Forrest came here in good form. It was should have been a trickier fixture. We 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 definitely had trouble when ah, we went there earlier on. in the season. And it was over. They were lifeless, they were clueless, and they were put out of their misery early, and we were just on top of them. The manager had accepted it was over. And then they get a corner. And they get a corner out of nothing as well. It was just a ball that deflected off one of our defenders' knees 25 yards out that rolled for their first corner of the match. Corner comes in, they get a goal. This, 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 <laughs> this is a club-wide scandal. Though, I just think this, is, this is incredible. How, how can you be competing for so long at this level where we're at? And this is happening every match. It's it's absolutely insane. And we're all like the ball comes in, it gets hit. It's the same thing that happened against United. The the first header gets headed into the danger zone. And we're all running out trying to catch them offside, leaving men free inside. And it's another goal from the very first corner. And I think it might have been the first time they were up that far in the match as well. It was insane that this 
game wasn't just done at halftime. Yeah, and I and luckily enough, they only got two corners in the fucking game. Yeah. I, if I was them, I would have been. If I, if I was in that dressing room at halftime, I would have been saying, that, "Have shots, just start shooting." If yeah. the Villa player in front of you have the shot, win a half corner. Time. Like, this, this, every club should be coming doing this. <laughs> have all the wild shots you want, or just drive for the byline, just drive for the very corner, and we'll try and win something down there because we will score once that happens. Maybe that's what Sheffield United were doing that time they centered and just kicked it into the corner. <laughs> but imagine, imagine we were complaining about Kamara being on Maguire, and then, and then was it Ramsey last week on the big man as well? Yeah. But Jesus, like we didn't know we were living back then, Conan. Those were the days. Like, do you do you remember playing football until you couldn't see the ball anymore? Powered on by two p toffees and ten p mixes, jumpers <laughs> for goalposts, marking people from corners. Like we we've joked that this this Pulis masterclass, fucking Tony's toss, we'll call it. Like we we've joked that that, that it can't be defended, but that doesn't mean don't try. Like we we were relying on both of those players to get a dose of the Theo Walcotts. We were giving them so much time and space to think about what they had to do. But it's just two headers. Of course they can do that. They can complete that. It's not Theo Walcott going through one on one. Just head the ball across the box and then let it hit you, and it's a goal. Christ Almighty. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And then Pau Torres comes off at halftime like he already alluded to, and we couldn't even make it two minutes. We couldn't even make it two minutes. <laughs> Without conceding. It's annoying. We, we, we were given five minutes of injury time to cope with in the first half and we couldn't see that through because we conceded a corner. And then we come out and it's like, okay, let's do nothing stupid. Now, we've just lost Torres. We know that this has gone badly when he's not there. Now, we've got Chambers and Longley in defence. And this isn't even Chambers' fault. Chambers springs up. Him, Longley, Moreno, they've done the offside trap brilliantly. And there's supposed to be a fourth player doing that offside trap as well. And Matt Cash, <laughs> Matt Cash is playing them all onside. And Gibbs White goes through and chips it over the keeper. Yeah, lovely finish from Gibbs White and a really good pass as well. Before that, though, Tielemans is standing on the ball. Yeah, like, bundled over. 
Yeah, and but, but just who was left? Leon Bailey was through. Like, what had Leon Bailey shown you in the first half that would make you think <laughs> I'm not rolling this ball in front of him to put him one on one with a centre half, yeah. a shite centre half on a yellow card, by the way? But that's not even relevant. It could have been fucking Franco Baresi, and I would have been playing that to Leon Franco Baresi in the nineties, obviously not now. Jeez, I'd give anybody the ball in front of Franco Baresi. <laughs> But half <laughs> halftime instruction should have been give the ball to Bailey. He was yeah. playing that well in the first half. Criminal that he didn't roll that off to him. But yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Matt Cash knows the offside rule. And and all all this time that is wasted by your pals in the in the socials, like you know, all, all the content they're trying to drive. Like you know, what's your ultimate five aside team? Who's got the most drip in the Villa dressing room? You you want content? Ask Premier League fullback Matty Cash what the offside rule is. You have people becoming streaming in for that. Fuck me, Matt Cash can't explain five aside. I can see it already, Conan, and I have absolutely no interest in developing a career working in social media. I did see a good. It was a um. I think it might have been Sky Sports. It might have been called Sky Sports Social. <laughs> 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 they did a game with Matt Cash and Ollie Watkins and they were asking the two of them to name as many Premier League grounds as they could in whatever amount of time. And they, they, they couldn't even get to 19. Watkins didn't even name Brentford's ground where he used to play. <laughs> 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 now, Watkins was better at Cash in his game in general. Like it, one, of them was, one of them was birthday presents and Matt Cash ran out of stuff. And he even, he went to like fruit. He, he named fruit very early on as a birthday present. Once he said, watch something else, he start, his mind started blinking. Literally, the game was name as many things in the world that you can think of. This reminds <laughs> he me ran of, uh... out of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of the time I saw a Ryan Giggs video. It was the first time this was attempted. No, it was a VHS back in the day but it was you know Ryan Giggs little I think it actually might have been text coming across the bottom of the screen while it was just showing you footage of him dribbling past people the reason you're probably buying the tape in the first place to be fair but it was like a set of questions and one of the questions was what's your fa- what's your favorite food Ryan Giggs's answer was breakfast <laughs> yeah I do agree with that though in general broadly speaking I like I, I do prefer breakfast to any other meal <laughs> But that's one for our midweek shoes. Um, <laughs> the fourth goal, so we did get ourselves back into it. We did calm everything. Back down. into it? We restored our two-goal lead, you mean? <laughs> back into a more positive frame of mind. And it was Leon Bailey, of course it was, but there was so much work done for him this time. Well, McGinn's ball to Bailey initially is pretty shit, to be honest. And this is like, this is a complete miscommunication between the two of them. Bailey sort of didn't know whether he should bother pushing up then and chasing down this crap ball that McGinn played him. But Watkins doesn't ever question that twice. And Watkins <laughs> goes and puts the pressure on. And because he's so intentful, Telemans springs along with him. And it's Telemans who pushes up and intercepts the ball. And then Watkins is just too strong for for my hero, Mubamadeli. And he just holds him <laughs> off, dinks it over the keeper, and it's into Leon Bailey who just gets gets repaid basically for the gift that he gave Ollie Watkins in the first half. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant from from Watkins and Telemans to sniff that out to see that it was on. And Yuri Telemans is absolutely obsessed with putting people directly through on goal. It's insane. 
that he's just drilled that ball to Ollie Watkins and insisted that yeah. Ollie Watkins lets the ball go past him so he can have this shot. I've never seen somebody tell people more what they have to do with the ball next once they receive it. He just he, All he wants to do is for somebody to have the shot as soon as he gives them the ball. That's what he's most interested in in this world. And does Ollie get that directly back to Bailey? As in, he's passing it. It's not a shot that deflects off the keeper, is it? I think he actually might dink that back out. Oh, yeah, no, he thinks it over the on. keeper, yeah. He thinks it over the keeper across to Bailey. It's, it's really Absolutely lovely. incredible. The, the Telemann's point, it, it is... I think some people overthink a lot when they're in that situation, and he's always just like, what if I just play this in front of the striker into the box? <laughs> 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 yeah, he might be under a bit of pressure, but all he has to do is shoot. <laughs> and he just like that's that's the philosophy he has, and I have to say, it works. It's good to watch. <laughs> and it is great to watch as well because it means so many times he does something that makes you go, Oh, because you can't see the pass because you're so used to seeing patterns of play, which yeah. is the midfielder gets in that position, they push it out wide. Telemans isn't pushing it out wide, he's pushing it through on goal every time. It's brilliant. I do have to say though, I have my suspicions about Telemans because you know, he's very sharp, I think, when he's closing boys down in that half of the pitch. And he is everything but at the other side of the pitch. I, I, I don't know if it's the, oh, well, he just can't do it or he doesn't have the engine to get back. He's run a long way. He's just not a good tackler. He's a good tackler when it's attacking. And when he gets a chance to put somebody through on goal, he will do whatever, <laughs> he will do whatever it takes to get that ball back. At the edge of the box, somebody can just dance around him if they want. Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard to inspire these players though, to 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 put in the same effort back there. You don't have to you don't have to coach them into pressing whenever they can sniff out an opportunity to do their favorite thing in the world. Yeah. That's the magic of attacking players. That is, and that's heat is up lovely. I think for a bit of WhatsApp winges, we'll come back after this. <laughs> Couple of finds. Pau Torres just sliced one out just before half time down the left hand side. John McGinn in the fifty fifth minute now three two, and I was thinking this is how this game's going to go now for the rest of this match. It's just him and Matt Cash are on the right hand side. McGinn's backing off, and McGinn looking so well in this position the last couple of games. Then we go, we go and concede two goals in a row, and everything starts getting weird, and McGinn's just trying to hold the ball in its place while he's backing off in this one and thinks it out of play. Doesn't even play it to Matt Cash, just thinks it out for a throw-in and runs back. And I was like, I am I'm not I'm not watching another 35 minutes of this shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey just ran one out of play on the left as well. He thought he would get away with that one. It was very clear that he, he could have kept that in play. It was a you know there was a defender on him. He didn't need to run out of play. That wasn't one of his options. And <laughs> I think Callum Chambers, these are all fines by the way, Callum Chambers concedes a throw-in, stop in a corner, he might argue, there was really no need for that ball to be anywhere near a corner, Callum Chambers gets in front of his man, intercepts the ball, runs alongside the ball for about 20 metres while it's going towards the corner flag, he looks so slow trying to retrieve the ball that he had at his feet the whole time and eventually he has to poke it out for a throw-in before it goes out for a corner. I can't. To be fair, Callum Chambers have been on the pitch for about seven minutes at that stage. That's the <laughs> when was the last time Callum Chambers was asked to move around for seven minutes in a row? Fuck me, get the lad a break. They're all fines relating to boys not being able to keep the ball in play. Matt Cash got another fine for I would call it an unnecessary foul. You know the one deep into forest territory. I mean, we're so deep in; they're under so much pressure. The ball's been lobbed up into the air. Shit clearance. Our fullback is pushed up 30 yards out from their goals. And Matt Cash 
can't resist but throw him over. I mean, they're penned and the ball's bouncing. They're trying to get it just under control at their feet before they can worry about where everybody is. And and it just takes about eight seconds, but you know what's coming. You know Matt Cash is going to grab him and throw him over. And sure enough, he does. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really, really frustrating. It's a really lack of awareness, especially for a fullback as well. All Matt Cash has to think about is, I would hate to be in this position. And what is the one thing I would love to happen here? It's for somebody to move their arms even a centimeter from by their sides and I'll get a free kick because referees, despite the fact that this young man doesn't seem to have any interest in refereeing the game, he's just out there watching it run alongside the play for most of the game. That lad didn't give a free at all, except for in this position when someone had their back to the play. That was the only time I think he used his whistle today. You could just re- you could hand that over to somebody else and reuse it. No need for any sort of infection control here, Connor. Give that whistle to the next lad, it's grand. And we have a new fine that we have to keep an eye on. It's called the Luca Dean fine. It's it's relating to what's going on on the substitutes bench as the game's going ahead. What 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 was Luca Dean getting told off for there by Unai Emery? Was he? Do, do you think Luca Dean was ironically cheering a ball going out of play at the left back spot? Do you, do you think that's what like this is what happened? So a, a Forest player tried to switch the play. Might have been Gibbs White. Might have been Hudson Odoi. And it went too far. Went out of play. This is when Villa were really cooking at this stage, and it went out for a throw in. <laughs> past Moreno, Moreno went to retrieve it and it cuts to Emery and he's he's given out to look at Dean, look at Dean smiling and it doesn't seem to realise that he's being told off until Emery keeps at him. <laughs> and I'm like, what did he say? Did he just go away as well? Did he get is he getting in trouble for that? I think he was just probably saying to him, Listen, mate, you need to calm down. You're not getting onto this pitch. We're one in three now. We all know you're the tighter defensive option, so there's no need <laughs> to bring you onto this pitch today. <laughs> Yeah, we'll bring you on in the 59th minute. So so Alex Moreno can't even get two points in fantasy football. He's only going to get one for his 59 minutes of action. He's going to get another minus one for conceding two goals. And he's going to get another minus one for a yellow card. Jesus, Colin, I wonder is Unai Emery actually in secretly in one of your fantasy football leagues and has that knows that you've got Alex Moreno on your team and that's why he took him off the 59. That's the only thing I can think of. Sounds like a conspiracy to me anyway. The main WhatsApp wins though is let Bailey hit one for God's sake. What more does he have to do to get a free kick rights here? I mean, I was a bit sad actually. We laughed about it, but Matt Cash was nowhere to be seen this time. A couple of free kicks at the edge of the box. Leon Bailey's there and he doesn't seem to get a look in here. It's all, it's all look at Dean. It's all Douglas Louise, John McGinn, even like Nick on Twitter said, Bailey trying to convince people to let him hit a free kick is one of my favorite parts of a match now. that's true but I'm like why does he have to do so much convincing let the boy cook why fucking hell you need to get some dinner and eat hungry or something there was a a moment where Callum Chambers was standing around even having a conversation he looked like he had more of a chance of hitting the free kick than Leon Bailey ever seems to have but I wasn't annoyed about that there was one immediately after Douglas Louise scored a free kick on, on the left-hand side, and Luca Dean tries to whip it over the wall. Why is Douglas Louise not hitting that on a hat-trick? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Luca Dean just hit it off. Uh, uh, Douglas Louise was talking to him a lot as well, almost laughing as if to say, come on, like I'm on a hat-trick, I'm feeling good, let me do it. Dean whips it off somebody's body and immediately runs out to collect the throw and doesn't even look back to Douglas Louise, doesn't want to hear any of it. He knows he's in the wrong. <laughs> The only other WhatsApp wins, and it's just it's just a question. I don't know. 
I just want to try and hash it out. Is Diaby that fast? Was the positioning clever? Or is Rodgers that slow? That is a really, really interesting question. I loved I loved the pass, the little toe poke to Diaby's yeah. cross, crossover run. And there is something about about Ryan. I noticed this the last game. I don't think we got around it or not. The it's two or three games ago now. There is something about a style of play that real, that real languid running style. Now, you're right. Either he's timed his run perfectly, knowing that the Abbey would pick out Zaniolo in the box, yeah. and somehow predicting that Zaniolo would have a good first touch, or he just wasn't that arsed. He just wasn't that arsed getting forward afterwards. Yeah. It's hard to tell. But I have, I have seen. He looks like he's ambling around the pitch a little bit. Yeah, it's it, it's not that I don't think he's fa- well. I don't know if he's fast, but it, it looks like he's not trying to run faster. There is the thing. No, no, Yuri Tillemans gets away with it as well. So maybe this is what Rogers will bring to the play. Maybe he'll just be that player in and around playing off the striker, banging those balls forward like he did to the Abbey. But yeah, just just one to keep an eye on. I think. I'd, I'd just prefer to see him having the killer instinct and joining Zaniolo in the box because he looks across and sees Zaniolo. I, I, I can't believe that that's what he's expecting to happen because there's three or four players between Diaby and Zaniolo. I just think, does he think Diaby can get that? He can't be predicting that the ball is going to come to Zaniolo. Zaniolo's going to have his back to goal and roll it back out to him. Mm-hmm. I think he's just thinking Diaby and Zaniolo can figure this out. I'll just hang back out here. All right, let's leave it there. We'll come back after this. Dean Smith is a brilliant manager who gets the best out of this incredibly limited squad. Great to see the away fans stay afterwards and the volume of Dino, Dino, Dino ringing around. This is what happens when a well-coached team plays an uncoached team. It's a fucking joy to watch. Joy to watch. Uh, dang, these guys did a brilliant job. Brilliant job. To actually take them back to the Premier League. And it is such high risk, high risk, high risk. But that's okay. okay. That is what life is all about. Yeah. Risk taking is where you find the joy in life. And Dean Smith is a roller coaster fan. Dean Smith, Smith has never, never met a woman that he fancied and didn't tell her. He was the first across that void, that parted sea, the divide between the boys and the girls in the school disco. And Solskjaer's just in the fucking corner getting the wedgied. Corner getting the wedgied. Villa are in a good place right now. Right. You know, I've had so many people say to me it's the best day they've ever had in their lives. So.
the Ronnie Rosenthal Award. Jacob Ramsey into Ollie Watkins. He gets a nice left-footed strike, but it's it's blocked and it goes over. This is just after his goal as well. He was feeling good. Does everything right to think it's just blocked, sort of about four yards out from the line. Goes over for a corner. And then <laughs> we just, I don't think we were respecting cells too much in goals. Leon Bailey does a step over and just bangs one with his right foot. And then I think Telemans just drilled one from basically the byline. Adam as well said, yeah, let's see what she got. <laughs> <laughs> I think we might have won a corner from both of them in fairness. Yeah, the, pa- the pace of the play for the Watkins one is absolutely mesmerizing. Moreno then asks Ramsey, what's your first touch like? Ramsey says, shite. But then he works <laughs> it out so well. Works it out so well with Watkins after that. I absolutely love a headed pass. And the Ollie Watkins to bend down and dink that out to Watkins. It's too wide, but Ramsey does brilliantly to get it back to him. And it's not the worst finish I've ever seen from Watkins, but it's not the best either. And he probably can connect with it a lot, a lot cleaner than that. Cleared off the line, you're right. And then the Leon Bailey one down the side. I mean, my God, the, the Villa Twitter admin won't be able to show Emery Cam for this one. Not before the watershed anyway, because I'm sure Emery's sitting on the bench wanking watching this. The football oh, was amazing. Yeah. And it's just... It's just moving the players around until eventually you can find the one line breaking past, the one person who has fallen asleep, and then it's over. Once that ball comes to Ramsey, the only question that is being asked is who's going to score the goal? And Ramsey gets it, gives it to Tielemans. Tielemans gives it to Bailey, and Bailey has the shot. He could have pulled it back. It could have obviously he was just hoping, like you said, that it goes through cells like Yuri Telemans was <laughs> later. But after I saw that one from Telemans, I think we should be getting this lad involved in the game a lot yeah. more with the the Jordan Pickford Superman punch from across that's gone straight at him. I think Telemans does everything he can from that because he has to do something like that to try to get it to Bailey or just to, you know, put the keeper under pressure. But Jesus, the keeper wouldn't have filled you with confidence there, and I'm surprised we didn't try to get him more involved. No, and then the ball from Torres up to Watkins for the Bailey one, then Watkins is dropping it off to Ramsey. Like that's how all that started. And then, yeah, once Ramsey gets it, it might be it's just a matter of time. But once Telemans got it, then we knew the shot was coming with the next pass, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what happened. Then Ramsey had a double chance. It was a lovely Watkins touch again. This is on the left hand side. Shows good strength again. And Ramsey, I think I'm pretty sure he's shooting outside of his left foot. Not far away, to be honest, right across the goals. And then McGinn, using his arse send across the byline, creates a bit of space and comes out to Ramsey, gets it back to McGinn, back out to Ramsey, and then Ramsey just works a bit of space nicely. We were just saying a few games ago, when will he just open his body up and come on his right foot? Did it well here, and then completely sliced it wide. Yeah, the first one you're talking about there, absolutely diabolical defending from Nottingham Forest. Jacob Ramsey just isn't followed. He just walks behind him. So he gives the ball to Watkins and then just walks behind his man. He turns around and goes, oh shit, Ramsey's got the ball again. It's all that unbelievable for not to follow him. It's like they didn't expect Watkins could turn on the football. Like yeah. only Watkins is going to skin this guy if he dives in too tight. And sure enough, he did. Watkins just turns towards the Forest goal. Like not only were they diving in, they were diving on wrong side as well. <laughs> Mad stuff. Ramsey pushes himself too far. Now, I want to like I've got a question for myself here. Would I prefer to believe he was shooting and it's just silly, or was passing and it's just shite? I mean, that was a crazy, crazy attempt at a shot. If that's what he was trying to pull off there, <laughs> and a terrible pass. If that's what he was trying to do, and the the one you're talking about from McGinn, they work it really well. Again, John McGinn does absolutely brilliantly down the byline. 
And the Ramsey shuffle. This is why we love Jacob Ramsey. He can do this as well as picking out passes and showing composure. The way he just manipulates that ball in such a small space and then gets an absolutely dreadful shot away. It's amazing, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Moreno honestly should have way more assists than he does. And he, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm obviously <laughs> feeling that maybe a bit more than anybody else. But it's John McGinn stuff from him. Like the way he's holding the players off and he cuts across mm-hmm. the byline and he gets it back and it's Yuri Tielemans. How much respect is Yuri Tielemans going to give this fucking keeper? Like, try, like trying to get it that far away from him, that tight into the corner, hits it off the post. <laughs> no need at all. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant from, from Moreno. The aggression, mentally and physically, and then the quality to pick out the pass as well. There really is a lovely pullback for... That's not even a pullback. He's, he's looked up and he's played the ball to yeah. Tielemans. And it looks like a lovely little finish. Oh, he's so unlucky. Put it in a net, mate. The keeper's standing there, rooted to the spot. Roll that into the bottom corner. Yeah. Hudson Odoi slipped on his arse when everything opened up for him and he completely <laughs> guided. Yates free kick. Free kick in the very middle, just chipped over the top and they get a, a, what should have been a goal. Yates uh, pokes it wide. I think it's Gibbs White who plays it over the top. Cash is playing him on side. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then Matt Cash gets involved. Everybody is being patient. Like everybody has a half chance to have a shot, but it's like, no, no, we keep if we keep passing this, we've got them at sixes and sevens. If we keep passing this, the real chance will open up. But then it came to Matt Cash and he just lashed one with his left foot and completely drilled it over. Yeah, it was a really nice football as well before that. You're right. I think Matt Cash has to shoot there. It comes to him that are in the perfect position to have the shot. Maybe not though that I say that and I've talked this through it's good to talk things through Conor because sometimes you realise what you're saying is absolute bollocks and the ball coming <laughs> to Matt Cash on his left foot isn't the time to shoot that Bailey dink to Watkins it just oh. sums up where he was at in this match like everything he was doing was just creating opportunities and like just about three players converge on Bailey and he just dinks it over them right to Ollie Watkins' right foot he's at the edge of the box but he has the sight and he sliced it as well he's come across it and just not caught it properly and I think the Rogers one then the Morgan Rogers was the only other big chance that I've noted down anyway this is after uh, he tees up the Abbey down the right the Abbey does well to get it into Zaniolo who lays it off for Rogers and at least this time he keeps it down. Remember his first touch for Aston Villa, he should have scored and he burned <laughs> it over. But this time he at least drills it towards the goals. And I wonder, was he thinking about that last chance that he had got <laughs> And he took far too much off that. It wasn't anywhere near enough conviction on it, which is shit for Zaniolo as well, because it's the first decent thing he's done since he scored that header. Uh, <laughs> The, the Watkins one, like what a little thing from Bailey. I mean, you cannot defend against that. You, you, you can't understand that that is what he's going to do and he can't react to it because it's done too quickly as well. It's absolutely ludicrous piece of skill. And Watkins, ah, Watkins has fallen over when he's hit me. He's never going to score from that angle. But I've got a serious question for you. Would you take any other winger other than Mo Salah over Leon Bailey at the minute? I don't think like it's funny. I think we started off this season with me saying, how have we gotten the third season with Leon Bailey? <laughs> <laughs> and the show's like, you know, how... How much has improved? Because I was texting somebody earlier, and obviously that that we'll not talk about it today. But the transfer window and the handcuffs on us is stressing everybody out a little bit, and I'm and they're arguing with non-Villa fans and saying it doesn't matter. Like you know, all our elite players 
are players who were already there before Emery came in. And I th- I put Bailey into that. I didn't throw him in there. Bailey was one of the, the main ones, especially now that I could say he's in, under contract until 2028 as well. Um, But like no hesitation about saying Martinez, Kanza, Dougie, Watkins, Bailey. Do you know? And like that's, that's the level he's at. So to answer your question, probably not. No, you used to say about the level we had to get to, the people we were competing with, like Spurs, now they had Harry Kane at the time, but they also had Son in their pump, and you know, a year on, a year later without Harry Kane, a year later for Son, a year later of Leon Bailey becoming one of the best players in the world, it's like, things, <laughs> things very quickly change, don't they, where like, I, I the, the way he's playing now, no, like, yeah, it's very easy, no, I'm afraid to say no, just because of the extra baggage, but if I knew nothing of Leon Bailey, but from the Everton game, the second game of the season, like it's it's such an easy yes. It's the greatest buy of all time. <laughs> yeah, and, and even as you were talking there, I was trying to think of like who would be who would be in the conversation with. You're talking about like maybe Bukayo Saka, Saka, like maybe De- like definitely Mo Salah. Definitely, definitely Mo Salah. Um, <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> Just go for it, Liam. Just let yourself go. <laughs> let yourself say it. Lean into it, Liam. But after that, I like it. It really is. It, it really is an, an open question. Like he, he, the way he's playing at the minute, I think he is. He's the best out and out winger in the league if we exclude Mohamed Salah. <laughs> there is that thing that goes around Twitter. It's a hashtag. Or it's only Mo Salah. So like a lot of the stats. So every time. Every time a footballer is being praised or their stats are being recognised, you know, by sports <laughs> accounts, it always counts. Starts with only Mo Salah has more goals and assists than Ollie Watkins this year. Only Mo, like, Mo Salah has dribbled past more players. Like every single stat you can think of. <laughs> only Mo Salah, I would take ahead of Leon Bailey right now. <laughs> but like, even when you think, like when you think about the insane numbers and stats that Leon Bailey's putting up, not 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 alone the the crazy stuff that he's doing on the pitch. Just how magical he looks on the ball. Like I've talked about his dribbling style. I don't know what he's doing with his feet when he's dribbling like that. Sometimes yeah. he just seems to like he's a computer glitch where he's just a yard to the left. Now I don't know how he's done it, and the ball has somehow moved with him without him touching it. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous stuff. But I, I, I just when you think about the fact as well that he, he's missed, he hasn't started that many games. Like yeah. sorry, well, I'm sure he started. He probably started twenty games this season for Villa. But he hasn't started every game, and he's definitely got twenty goal contributions already. It's 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 ridiculous because he wasn't in favour. He wasn't starting every game. We had McGinn on the right, and we had Diaby up top for a long period at the start of the season. And the amount of times that Leon Bailey was just coming off the bench, and he's eventually forced himself into the team. And of course, he has because only Mo Salah is better than <laughs> the soon to be renamed. Paul Merson, ah, oh, that's just filthy. <laughs> <laughs> the only Leon Bailey award. Um, like it's going to take some doing for Leon Bailey to be beaten. I don't think he will be beaten for his contribution to the first goal. But Yuri Tielemans, I wanted to mention because Pau Torres smashed a ball at him. I think Pau Torres on the left, obviously, and he just smashed it at Tielemans, who's coming towards the left wing as well. And it's very tight, and he controls it with his head, then his chest, then his knee, and gets it out to Ramsey with his foot. And Ramsey has to 
still keep it in play on the sideline and he does I think he gets it back to Moreno and we shift it across and you can see Telemans applauding because you know it was very tight the way he gave it to Ramsey as well but for him to even contemplate keeping that ball under control and Villa getting it back out from the first pass to Torres from Torres it was amazing stuff from Telemans yeah, I, I was actually assuming he was applauding himself, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It was too so good. Yeah, it was brilliant. The You like them, we didn't take a 90th minute penalty award. I mean, it's it's back to back to back to back successes for Aston Villa's corner in this award category. It's back to back failures, really. Aston Villa trying to defend their own corners. It's never going to be beaten. It's a consecutive run that, that I, I can't see when it's going to be stopped, but we do have another nomination, and it's from another corner, but it's from an attacking corner, and it's John McGinn plays it into Douglas Louise, plays it to Leon Bailey in an offside position. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was this was crazy. I think I think Dougie thinks the step over to Telemans has been blocked off, yeah. so he's caught in two minds. But it's Callum Hudson Adoy. He doesn't have one mind. Step over the ball, Dougie, and step into the void between Callum Hudson Adoy's ears, where everything <laughs> is possible and anything can happen. Let that ball run between your legs and get the ball to Telemans. Fuck's sake, man. Okay, I've got five Peter Enkelman. What the fuck? <laughs> from a from a big win and, a, and an enjoyable afternoon, but Matt Cash trying a left foot of clearance at the very start, and and, and then. It, He's got a second chance where his left foot of clearance just smashes off the first person beside him. And he's got a second chance and he just stands there until he loses it. And this was like, this is when I was really worried about this axis until like I, I didn't realize that I, I got what I wished for when Pau Torres came off. But initially, it was Longley on his right that was afraid to play it and Matt Cash on his left. Those were our two options. Matt Cash on his left or Longley on his right. <laughs> and we went with Cash on his left first, didn't work. So we went with Nyler and then like Forrest came in on the ball back. Pau Torres took his time at one stage trying to get the ball to Longley. John McGinn came back and saved him. The Ramsey pass across to, to Matt Cash. I mean, he comes the whole way into the very centre circle and his pass <laughs> is still short to Matt Cash. That's unbelievable. And then the Moreno to Torres one. Torres makes a nice slide tackle. They cut it out. Torres to the rescue, really. And Douglas Louise, like like he has lead on his boots in the middle of the pitch in the second half when things were going wrong as well. Just he's trying to take a touch. I think he's then thinking somebody's going to come off his shoulder. Nobody knew he but Forest players puts his hands up and apologizes though after we can see the shot. Isn't it funny though that the on the Vyman meter definitely going up is John McGinn because I think two or three of them, as soon as something was cocked up there, you could just see John McGinn yeah. coming flying across like a bullet to to stop it, to stop it being an absolute disaster. And I think the one the one where Ramsey plays it to Callum Hudson Adoy, John McGinn's actually coming back into the screen so fast he yeah. can't stop. The guy's definitely nominated for a what the fuck award. He runs ten yards past the ball and <laughs> And in his attempts to come in and help Matt Cash, he's actually confused Matty Cash because he thinks he's got cover now. And now Matty Cash is again one-on-one with Callum hudson Adoy, which he was anyway before McGinn confused matters. That Ramsey one, the pass, like the same one, but Jesus Christ, Ramsey's running across the ball so long. And it's probably such an easy pass. And he can see Callum hudson Adoy that all he can think is, I better not underhit this pass. <laughs> and then obviously that's all his brain is saying so that he just ends up under hitting the pass of course it's like when you threw one-on-one it's like don't hit it straight at the goalkeeper uh, uh. or when the boys when you're doing a passing drill and you're at the side of the pitch 
the boys at the side of the pitch and there's a fence or there's a road or there's a river at the side of the pitch. The boys at the side, for some reason, can't help but hit it into that river. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's do the vitamin meter. John McGinn's definitely first going up, and that that is the reason as well. He had the what the fuck extinguisher out today, and he was flying. <laughs> he looked so sharp coming in. I've never seen somebody going as fast. It was like that's the McGinn you you pointed out one of those games when things were going badly there over the last few weeks. Even McGinn wasn't as sharp coming back or, or retrieving a ball that he gave away, and like it was definitely the polar opposite for him today. Yeah, he was fabulous, and uh, they get the assist on his bad foot as well. The quality on the ball to keep the ball moving, playing in his favorite position next to Douglas Louise in a two-man midfield as well. Can you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, great display from John McGinn, who has had an absolutely incredible season. I'm putting Yuri Tielemans up, and I'm putting them up because yeah, I, I am one of those fans that likes to see one of my attacking players slide around and run hard and block down. I'm like an Everton <laughs> fan. <laughs> <laughs> and he was he was getting stuck in and he, he was you know he was conceding throw-ins but, but he was doing it with sliding tackles with blocks and he was putting himself about and he was working his wee heart out even when he got skinned at the edge of the box he did a lot of running to get back there not that it mattered that he was back there in the end but yeah like this was this was a good display as well because initially i was watching this match thinking where the fuck is your retailman's like I, I knew he was playing but i couldn't see him in the first 20 minutes and and then I was thinking, why does it matter? Like, we're, we're cutting through them. Like, whatever he's doing, it's fine. We're playing the ball to Bailey's, giving it to Watkins. Everybody's coming into the match. It's not like Yuri Tielemans being missing here isn't a factor. And he worked his way in anyway, and he got on the ball, and he was being so crucial at making that fifth midfielder as well and just just, just boxing out for us, really, when we didn't have the ball and when we did. Yeah, and when a game becomes a little bit more stretched and people become a little bit more tired, that's really when players like Yuri Tienemans come to the fore because they will just sniff that out. They, like the, if you if you're a split second off in your footwork to, to cover the run from Watkins or whatever it happens to be, Yuri Tienemans will see that and he'll play the ball. So once twenty minutes of running is in a Forest player's legs, then it's good night. Once Tienemans gets on the ball, and sometimes you just have to wait for players like that to. To let the game come to them and Tienemans is no bother doing that. He doesn't try to force himself into the game. He'll force a pass through to a centre forward, all right, Conan. But he'll he'll wait for the game to come to him and once it does, it's amazing. Yeah, it takes one to no one. I mean Yuri Tielemans will know better than anyone once somebody's getting tired or once their foot works. <laughs> and he will sniff that out quicker than anyone. Going up. Going up, I suppose Douglas Luiz has to go up. He, he scored two goals there, and I thought he was he was quite good. For some reason, I'm just remembering the what the fuck nomination, but Douglas Luiz is very good today. Douglas Luiz was very good today. He scored two goals, controlled the game, really good in the ball, moved the ball at the right time. Lovely little combinations with Jacob Ramsey at times. Yeah, Douglas Luiz was very very strong today. Douglas Luiz is one of the best players in the world. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, Bailey's obviously Are you laughing? going up. Yeah, well, I don't know why I'm laughing actually, but. Bailey's going up, and that's not a joke either. And Ramsey's going up because it's now a couple of games in a row where he's looked back to himself. That, that was pretty quick in the end after all me crying about it. <laughs> <laughs> and Ollie Watkins has to go up. This was the, this was a Watkins display today. I guess the assist gets to go, but just uh, the, the, his touch, his work, his strength is just unbelievable. He's another example. I talk about John McGinn turning boys. I used to talk about Kamara and Douglas Louise, no matter even if boys are getting up into their faces, they'll still get around them. Watkins, I mean, how do you defend this? Because, again, even if you're close, even if you know where he's going, 
he's still going to make something from it. Like how many times down that left wing was he just turning them, getting fouled, mm-hmm. turning them and, and playing it to Ramsey, playing it to Moreno, turning them and playing it back inside, just over and over. Watkins had us up the pitch, and it's just a classic Vyman display. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there was an unbelievable amount of times where we got the ball in the wing and just were able to roll their players and Lee Henry once again sounds like he's never watched a game of football in his life talking about how good a game Williams has had he was just being rolled fucking like a piece of cheese in an Italian street during the summer con and it was ridiculous <laughs> and I don't, I don't I think Aston Villa get in that side so often and so easily and it was often just spinning the man the forest couldn't defend at all it, 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 technically they couldn't know how to move their bodies. It was yeah. bizarre stuff from them. It's like they didn't understand that Villa players could go both ways. I don't know. Is that just talk about their their own ability on the ball where they wouldn't be comfortable going onto their left foot? I, 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 there was sometimes it was baffling the positions they were taking up. Yeah. Anybody else that you want to put up or put down on this meter today? <sighs> Nuno Espirito Santo. I mean. <laughs> I remember after he was appointed Forest manager, he said, I couldn't say no. That's because it was likely to be the last question you were ever asked by a Premier League club, Nuno Waller, and what are you doing here? <laughs> he, he was he was, he was was sacked by Al Etihad. They were languishing in sixth place, level on points with seventh place Al Etihad, who have puppet master extraordinaire Stephen Gerrard pulling the strings. Like, I know he won the league the year before that, but that was... That was before the league existed, Colin. Like the, you know, tearing through the championship with Wolves and the Saudi Pro League is his level. He can't manage Harry Kane, Kareem Benzema. And he doesn't want to. All he wants to do is manage expectations. Yeah. Like we, like we've, we've all seen what he does when he gets to this level. He tries to drag everyone else back down to his level, his comfort zone, the fucking mire. And for somebody named Holy Spirit, holy shit, he could not be more <laughs> blasphemous to the footballing gods. Christ Almighty! Is that I don't I can't think of a manager I like less. We're going to bring back questions we can't answer, but probably will today. We had long time since we've done it, done it. And in fairness, the Aston Villa, there's always so much to talk about. Just when you think it's just going really well and everything's great and positive, and there's so many goals to talk about, they drag us back into the pits, and we have to talk about that then, and we have to freak out about that, and we have to go over every single player in the Vimin meter. But today. We have a chance to do questions we can't answer, but probably will. And the first place we have to start is who is worse? Pep Guardiola for saying to a bunch of my pals in the media, you're all losers, your life is shite, and I earn way more money than you. Or my pals in the media for laughing at it. They all laugh. (laughs) Pep Guardiola, and I'm paraphrasing, said, you're all a bunch of losers who you don't have any money. And look at me, I am far better than you. Ha <laughs> ha. And everybody, the room exploded, said, ah, Pep, do it again. Brilliant, great one. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, like they have form. I mean, the headline when he himself said one of his players looks like a Conquito's chocolate was Pep says Bernardo Silva is sound. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and then the headline when he looks down on journalists and I have no love for your pals in the media Conan you know that the headline when he when he once again revealed he is a cunt was oh Pep you're a genius and this isn't surprising is it I mean football and journalists 
line up with their fucking pants around their ankles and say, thank you, sir, may I have another? Like, they walk they walk up to him and give him the fucking paddle, the paddle that they have whittled with their own fingernails from the trunk of a fucking ash tree that they dug up with their bare hands just <laughs> to get closer to Pep Guardiola. But even for an arrogant arsehole like Pep Guardiola, and I'm not using arsehole as an intensifier there for his arrogance. I'm saying he is both arrogant and an arsehole, an arsehole with a shit turtling in it. He's disgusting. Even for him, that's an astounding lack of self-awareness. I mean, th- like this is why we have weight divisions in boxing. You can't be punching down like that. It's too easy. And as well, do you not realize, Josep, the ride these lads have been giving you your whole career? Like They've been throwing their coats in front of you as you walk so you don't have the dirty... Dirty the shoes you have on, which I'm only you're only one step away from telling them they couldn't afford, but <laughs> they work for the next two millennia. Like, you're laughing at people who have misunderstood their own careers. Like they literally think their job is to lie face down across a puddle so you don't get your feet wet, and you're laughing at them. You're putting that all at risk. You're probably not actually putting it at risk though, because they're so pathetic that they just seem to think that the sun shines out of your arse. Yeah, like managers get such shite laughs at these press conferences all the time anyway they have to all they have to do is just be in the vicinity of making a wise crack not even a joke and everyone will just explode laughing i don't know if it's nerves if it's tension in the room if it's too much respect for somebody managing a football team or it's it's subjugation crisis that's what it is people people need heroes people need a focal point to look up to that's that's just the way i think in general that's that's what that's what a lot of people seem to be like but i can just imagine you as a journal sitting in one of those rooms and listening to the journalist laughing at a half joke made by a manager and you're just sitting there seething thinking you think that was funny what do you hear what i've got (laughs) like david brent it doesn't work doesn't work And maybe, maybe I'm not the best person to talk to you about this because I have been a victim of this. So maybe I should just declare my bias as well. When I was a younger journalist and I was at a Republic of Ireland camp, Robbie Keane made it. I don't even understand what it, like. It wasn't even a joke. It wasn't. See, I'm already feeling it now. Right? So I'll just calm myself down before I tell this story. But, <laughs> Robbie Keane, who was the captain of Ireland at the time, but he wasn't playing because he was old. He was out in LA Galaxy and he was coming, coming over for the camps. But whoever it was, John Walters, I think, was flying at the time. But he was talking about Ireland not scoring a lot of goals. I mean, he scored more goals. So I, sitting in the front row, put my hand up. I said, oh, Robbie, you know, you're standing there. We, we need to score more goals. Is, is it is it worth... So basically, Robbie Keane, just repeated what I said. I said, is it worth reminding the manager? And before I even finished my sentence, he said... I don't think I need to remind him. I think 64 goals does that. And everyone <laughs> everyone burst out laughing, which I was like, okay, like you know, that's what I was saying as well. You know, we're in agreement. <laughs> and, and that would be one thing. The laughter would be one thing. And I get home and there's an article. There's an article in the Irish Independent up online, a video of it as well. My little timid young voice asking Robbie Keane a question. <laughs> Rob, Robbie Keane agreeing with me underneath the headline. <laughs> Underneath the headline, Robbie Keane shuts down journalists who asked about goal record or something like that. <laughs> and that is why I am now working there. I'm going to find that fucking article and bring it down. And, send it to the and yeah. I'm going to tell them I am not a journalist. <laughs> imagine, imagine I meet this cameraman now years later. Like, you don't remember me? 
<laughs> I remember you, son. You actually drove me on to this level. I don't think I would have made it this far in my career, but wasn't for you embarrassing me like that. Uh, well done, Connor. That is really a, a story, a story of triumphing from adversity. <laughs> the only other person worth mentioning, and it's, it is a story of triumph as well. Um, well, as much as his propaganda would would let us to believe, it's probably the winner of the Sheffield United restart. That is the saddest thing I've ever seen award <laughs> this week, and it goes to Michael Beale uh, because Michael Beale, it turns out, has been has been pushing his own propaganda whilst he's in positions of a manager. He like Pep Guardiola is in such a position that he can call all the journalists losers. And they all laugh at him. Michael Beale is in charge of Rangers. He's in charge of Sunderland, and he's retweeting stuff from this account that it's not even. It wasn't even like somebody did do the digging to find out. It actually remember this is Michael Beale's account. He told us all it was his account a couple of years ago. He said, "Follow my account over here, Player ID, I think it's called." And it turns out he's been retweeting. He's been tweeting about himself, his own managerial record, pushing all the positivity, even pushing whilst he's in charge of Sunderland, retweeting negative stuff about the Sunderland fans or the Sunderland board, you know, just to get ahead of the idea that imagine sacking this great man that is Michael Beale. And look, nobody's been able to confirm that those tweets that he retweeted were from accounts that Michael Beale also runs. They were they were just tweets that were pro Michael Beale being retweeted off an account we know he definitely runs, but we don't know who was behind the first tweets as well. Yeah, I think I think Michael Beale and Michael Beale and Stephen Gerrard are the, the Hansel and Gretel of the footballing world. Without the happy ending, obviously, because Gerrard and Beale have been, to use your language, cooked and eaten and spat <laughs> out by the cruel mistress of football, Cameron. And uh, what I mean is that there's there's no secret about where they're at as managers. They've left a massive breadcrumb trail, and of course, of course, we had to convince ourselves that maybe they weren't shite. Like they did win the league after all. Of course, what we should have been looking at was the fact that Neil Lennon won a treble the year before in the same fucking country. So it wasn't exactly with them in charge of the biggest oppositions. It wasn't exactly an achievement to win the league in that country, but also to have allowed that to happen. Fuck me. And when Beale left Fulla, people were worried. And like I said at the time, we were shite when he was there. What the fuck are we worried about? If he was the brains of the operations, good riddance. <laughs> and of course, now this. Like Michael Beale. Michael Beale is so riddled with insecurity that he set up a Twitter account to defend himself. Like, I mean, forget about fucking breadcrumbs. There's a big, massive cuisine de France bread roll pointing us to that conclusion that he's insecure he was Steven Gerrard's number two for a couple of years how fucking insecure do you have to be to think that this is a job for you to stay in fuck me <laughs> yeah and with that the brain disappears into the sunset I mean this it was a very quick ride from Villa to QPR to Rangers to Sunderland and it's going to be interesting to see where he pops up next. We'll keep an eye on his Twitter account over a player ID to see what, <laughs> what job he can ID for himself. I'd imagine they'll probably just give up and go back out with Steven Gerrard and maybe they'll they'll get the dream team going again. Maybe they'll they'll push their way back up through mid table in the Saudi Pro League. But look, I say that I'm I'm still the one typing in Saudi Pro League league table every week to see how it's all going out there. So it's worked on me anyway. But we'll leave it there because we have to <laughs> we have to get ready. We have to go wind down, recover, hopefully get a few injuries back because we've got a big period ahead. We've got Luton next on Saturday. And then we've got 
the big ones. We've got Spurs, we've got Ajax, we've got season-defining games coming up, and I will be there no matter what. And I hope you will too. Share it on if you get the chance, and we'll chat to you later. All the best. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.